0: Welcome back to another podcast. I'm your host Olivia here with Jack live from Studio 1A in the Makerspace.
1: Today we will be talking about the Holocaust and the book Night by Elie Wiesel. So Jack what is
0: the Holocaust?
1: Well Olivia the Holocaust was a horrible time in human history where anti semitists like the Nazis led by Adolf Hitler rose to power and tried to make the perfect race of people with blonde hair, white skin and blue eyes by basically trying to eliminate all of the jews.
0: That is Das Unglück der Menschheit, dass ihre Führungen nur zu oft vergessen, dass die letzte Stärke überhaupt nicht in den Divisionen und Regimentern und nicht in den Kanonen und Tanks liegt, sondern dass die größte Stärke für jede Führung im Volke selbst liegt. In der Einmütigkeit eines Volkes, in der inneren Geschlossenheit eines Volkes, so you said that Adolf Hitler was the leader of the Nazis. So how did they come to power?
1: I think the Nazis and Adolf Hitler came to power because post-World War I in Germany was a weak time in their government. Yeah. And um, Adolf Hitler also kind of persuaded them to vote for him to become chancellor because he uh, he was a very strong public speaker. And he um, he also, once he had his power elected as chancellor, he kept it throughout the Enabling Act, which basically made him a dictator.
0: Yeah, I remember, like, he, it was Germany's government, nobody really liked it at the time, like, nobody really just liked their ideas, and so Hiller took that time and in the weak government and decided to say, hey, I'm just like you, and we have this, we share the same ideas, and like, Just, like, try to manipulate, almost.
1: Yeah, I agree. So, Olivia, I was wondering if you have heard of some of the terrible, terrible things that the Nazis did to the Jews completely inhumanely?
0: Um, Yeah, I was actually, I've actually been reading a book called Night, and the kid, he actually survived through a concentration camp. And one of his teachers said that he saw babies being thrown into the air and used as machine gun targets. And people were just, like, thrown into a ditch and burned alive, like, in the crematoria. And also, they had these things called a gas chamber, where people were put into just a big kind of almost room, and gas was, like, sprayed, put into it, and they died of, like, suffocation and air poisoning. And also, they had selections where the Nazis, like, chose people that they thought would be good laborers and people that they thought would, that weren't even worth living anymore. And they would go in separate directions and families were like completely separated during that time in the book night, he, the kid, he went with his father and he never saw his mother or his sister again. Cause they went the other way.
1: Yeah. It's kind of, um, it's kind of not like human at all because it just says in the book where, um, it says like, Little did I know that this was the last time I would ever see my sisters and my mom ever again. Yeah. So, Olivia, I was thinking about the separation of families with the Nazis and the concentration camps and ghettos and stuff. Um, but I was also like, there's also family separation on the Mexican-American border. I was just seeing, how do those compare to each other?
0: Um. Well, I was actually reading this article about a girl, and she had to go through that. The girl was... She wrote the article and she and her father had to go over to America to, I guess, find a job or a better life. And he decided to bring her older sister and her older brother with him, leaving her behind in Mexico with her grandparents. And she waited eight years for him to come back and bring her back to America. Like that is pretty extreme considering that the Nazi families Were all not the Nazi families, the Jewish families were separated and never even heard from again.
1: So, Olivia, um, I was wondering if you knew anything about, like, anything about the family in the Night Book that you were reading.
0: Well, during his selection, um, Eliza went one way with his father, with his father, and went the other. (laughs) We're gonna edit that out. Eliza went one way and his father went the other and he started to panic but somehow chaos broke out broke loose and his father and other people were able to sneak to the other side so you know in many times in the book he starts to panic because he thinks his father is going to leave him because in one another selection where they had to run through um, his dad got selected to go to leave the camp essentially probably get killed. And his father says, his father decides to give him a spoon, a pocket knife, and some rations. And uh, his son is like, no, don't leave me, or and something like that. But his father gives it to him anyway. But somehow during a, during it, he was able to sneak away and get back to him.
1: Well, that is truly heartwarming. That is very touching, that a dad could have done that throughout this really hard time in his life. And Probably even worse in his son's life.
0: Yeah. And also in another part of the book, they were all of the people were condensed into cattle cars, okay? But the they didn't the cattle cars didn't have any roofs and it was snowing. And so they made multiple stops to load off the dead. And one time when they were loading off the dead, the people grabbed the dad because they thought the dad was dead and they were about to throw him off, but the kid was he like latched onto the dad and he started screaming and he was like hitting his dad just to make him wake up and
1: well did he wake up
0: well yes he did wake up well that's
1: great (laughs) fantastic also i'm pretty sure that during the cattle car things um when he when people died they didn't even take the time to stop the train and throw them out Yeah, i'm pretty sure threw them
0: out the moving door
1: yeah i'm pretty sure the nazis just Risk their lives to throw dead people out of a train.
0: Yeah, That's kind of, they didn't care about the Jews at all.
1: Yeah, that sounds kind of dumb, in my opinion. Dumb. That's just my opinion.
0: <laughs> so I've heard about this thing called the Milgram experiment, and I wasn't exactly sure what it was like. It, what it was, or like what it was based on.
1: Well, the Milgram experiment was basically a person. Would a person do anything against conscious or anything inhumane? if told so by a figure of authority, like, um, people would go, um, so there was a test that they did for the Milgram experiment where they got 40 random people and there would be a person who would be testing and they would get shocked if they got the answer wrong, but there wasn't an actual person there. It was just an actor. They were just screaming and stuff. And so, um, so the people who were testing were actually the people getting tested on for the experiment. And they would go up to the, um, to the vaults on the thing, the watch that would even, um, that would, that says, dangerous, do not push. If, because they were told so by a person of authority or like a person in a lab coat.
0: So have you ever had like a personal experience of family separation in your life?
1: Well, my English teacher, Miss Odell... Um, when she was in high school for her senior year, her parents were making her move from Richmond, Virginia to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So, um, so she and her brother were not very close. They would fight a lot um, throughout their whole entire childhood. But throughout that year where they moved um, to Fort Lauderdale, she was the, she, yeah, because they didn't have any friends in there. She got, um, she and her brother got really close for that year because they're the only people that
0: they had each other. So we went on a field trip to the Holocaust museum in Virginia. And I can't remember. They told the story about how the founder made it from Germany to America, but I can't remember what it was. Can, do you remember?
1: Well, yeah. Um, so this, uh, guy who, what uh, he was basically touring us around the museum, he, um, his family, a lot of them died during the Holocaust. They were Jewish. And he, uh, only about 10 people are left in his family. But luckily enough for him, he has kids to carry on his family name for him. But it's just so tragic how this big thing can cause such a, like, his family, he said, was massive before the um before the holocaust but just right after the holocaust only about 10 people in his family still
0: survived to this oh. day. And I remember this I remember the story now. The founder his father had, as soon as they got into the concentration camp they made plans to just cut a hole in the fence and make a run for it and they were like hiding in the in a ditch waiting for this uh, horse cart to come by and the kid hid in the hay Um, The mom pretended to be the cart person's wife, and the father walked the horses along like a completely normal picture. And without them surviving that that and escaping the camp, that museum wouldn't even be there today. Well, it looks like we've run out of time. Jack, did you enjoy talking about family and the Holocaust?
1: Yeah, I don't really know if I'd enjoy talking about the Holocaust, but talking about family was certainly fun. We learned how families can get closer throughout Miss O'Dell's, my English teacher's uh, senior year in high school, but trying to wrap things up that, yes, I did have a fun time talking about the family and the Holocaust with you. Thank you for inviting me here to Studio 1A in the Makerspace.
0: And you're welcome.